Hello, and welcome to Apocalypticast. I am Chris Vlamakis. I am Zachary Ballard. I'm Josh Demay. And today we are going to be uh, reviewing and discussing the classic 1978 film, Halloween. Um, uh, just to keep in theme with the Halloween season. And, well, there really isn't much more to say about that, uh, about uh, what's more Halloween than the movie Halloween. Am I right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can, we could just, uh, let's just get started right into it. Uh, Zach. All right. Cool, cool. So first is theme. Um, what do you guys think the theme is? Of pure evil without a conscience. I think the theme is the boogeyman's gonna get you whether you like it or not. Yeah, <laughs> this one, uh, this one, um, this show obviously doesn't have like a necessarily a like social theme or like trying to oh. give you an underlying message or anything. But yeah, obviously it's just like the theme is just supposed to give you that uh, that uh, a dread of like unknown forces at work in a sense like maybe you know what's going on but what really is going on yeah um um yeah i i wasn't i wasn't honestly quite sure about what the theme really was it just kind of seemed um it just kind of seemed that this was kind of the movie and it was uh that was that you know well i mean like really the theme is uh, what what creative ways can we kill these people yeah with a knife and nothing else <laughs> yeah <it> was, <laughs> i i i will say i really like the the death where he stabs the guy up so hard the into the wall that he just yeah sticks that there. that was that was the best death in the whole show, in my oh, opinion, yeah. at least. I love that. Uh, yeah. Um, no, I okay. think you're wrong, Chris. I think the best death was when he got stabbed in the neck and he just abruptly fell on the floor. But he didn't die. <laughs> That's true. That's he true. Didn't... But we thought he did. Unless there's 12 of him running around. There was 12 escapees. <laughs> there's, no like mystical, there's no mystical nature about it. There's 12 escapees. They all found the same mask, the same jumpsuit, and they're all fucking, oh, he got stabbed, and then immediately <laughs> dragged his body off, and they're like, well, now I'm going to get this bitch. <laughs> yeah. He killed my friend. Kill my friend. Then he gets shot. And like he falls over, and the and the one guy doesn't see the dude slumped over, and he shoots us another person. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that. Um, yeah, I want to see the behind the scenes on that. Yeah. All right. So, um, again, not very not very theme heavy, at least in my opinion. But uh, yeah. Uh, so let's move on to writing and story. Um, we uh. Yeah, what do you guys think about that? I think the writing was super straightforward. Um, it's not schlocky like a lot of the 70s horror ended up being. Um, it feels fairly natural when they're talking with each other. Uh, and I mean, the story is really just, there was this kid, Michael, who lost his goddamn mind. Yeah. Yeah, you're. Yeah, the story-wise, yeah, it, it doesn't have to be, like, movies like this don't have to be 
No. Yeah, they don't have to be. Yeah. As a kid, for some reason or another, he lost his mind and then he spent the the vast majority of his life in an insane asylum where he just simply one day he found a chance to escape and decided to come home and commit even more murders. Yep. And and so they added obviously they they added the super like superhuman or supernatural element. I'm not sure exactly what their original intent was. Uh, maybe just to be like, oh, he's he's still out there, kind of thing. When he when he's mm-hmm. not, his body isn't there. But obviously, he had to have some sort of. Either he was so disconnected from being a human that even like massive bodily harm doesn't really stop him because he got stabbed, he got shot several times, or there is a, a supernatural thing to him. Yeah, I mean. Um going based just off of the single movie mm-hmm. and not, not thinking about any of the sequels. Yeah. Uh, having him disappear at the end was 100% sequel bait. Yeah, I can, um, I can imagine it, but like stuff like that, I can't, I don't know because there was a lot of new things like that movie. Who knows if it would have been a flop? Cause they, uh, and so oh, yeah. like, um, especially with just like at the time, like I had, uh, I didn't realize there was like several scenes of like nudity in the scene in the movie and like late seventies, <laughs> there were like, that was still pretty like hush, hush. No, no, yeah. like, like that. And then literally the movie opens up with like, Oh, well there's boobs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there were, and I'm, and, I, and I'm just like, Holy crap. Like that, like obviously it's, it's rated R for all for violence as well. But I was just, I was just thinking, they got they got away with this, and that was obviously a a big risk that they had to have taken in nineteen seventy eight where certain things would automatically get you a raw an r rating or if not just get you a rate a no rating and you wouldn't be able to show the film yeah well and I mean John Carpenter kind of did that with a lot of his movies, yeah, no, you're right, yeah, but um, but like within like five years of that, it started becoming more and more of a thing. Cause I think like, yeah. I think one of the big ones and this, I think that was like 1982 was like uh fast times at Ridgemont high. Like that, oh, yeah. like that's the, the whole her coming out of the pool scene. And it's just like, mm-hmm. I think that was what sparked like, man, this is famous. This has become a cult classic movie. People love it. And then a bunch of people were like, maybe we should stop like loosen the grip on being prudish in a sense. Yeah, and like dazed and confused. Yeah, Zach. As far as um, story went, uh, I I didn't. I I know it's sort of the um, the appeal of it, but I I didn't like how it didn't it it didn't explain in more detail on why he can't die. Yeah, so that, that's really a, yeah, that's that's a little bit of an issue for me as well. And like I've mentioned before, for anybody who's who's listened to our original uh, podcast, um, I'm not a huge horror fan, and so and so sometimes, obviously, this genre you have to suspend is one of the genres you have to dis- suspend the most disbelief in, and it, in a sense, it's just like okay, yeah. Uh, his therapist said, okay, this guy is a murderer. He's a killer. He's not human. Kept calling him a beast over and over again. But yeah, yeah. it didn't really, 
explain yeah why why is it that he could get stabbed and uh, stabbed that hard in the neck and get up and be able to do all those things get shot several times and, and get up and do all like, these sort of take things. a hanger through the eyeball yeah and so i think that is supposed to be these like more of a supernatural aspect now to me i think it should have done a little bit more throughout the entirety of the movie to show supernatural because like the whole movie made it seem like this guy was just a deranged killer who is separated from being a human and everything like that and he did that but then at the very 10 15 minute end of the show he's they started displaying like holy crap there's, there's something like otherworldly happening to him and it's and i think it could have speckled it a little bit more in the first couple first half of the movie at least yeah it could have had like more exposition on it i i think like the the thing with it is that it just felt like oh okay we have michael myers and then and then we have this story of him basically following these kids around and then he kills the kids so to me like the story was straightforward but it wasn't a very compelling story to me um just because it was that was it that was the whole story so yeah um, i mean I guess uh, this this does come at a time in slasher history where the couple of slashers we had went to like extreme lengths to explain their villains. Uh, like we had Psycho. Uh, that like Norman Bates is very well explained throughout that entire movie. Um, yeah. And Black Christmas, where you never actually see the killer. He doesn't have a name, but all of his motives are like laid out bare in front of you. Um, and I mean, Halloween came along and it just streamlined and simplified all of that. So you weren't wasting time on exposition. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, yeah. do, they do hint throughout um, him just following them that there is something more to him than just being a guy uh, because he is constantly just disappearing around corners. Yeah, that is that is true. That I'll, I'll give you that. That is true. I felt like they could just half a step more would have made it a little bit. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I'm not disagreeing yeah. with you guys. I'm just yeah, yeah, yeah. stating. Since we're on the su- subject of writing and like we just talked about the plot, I uh, want to talk about dialogue writing for a moment and how, okay. my oh. God, there's there was some horrendous dialogue, especially from the female, <laughs> the female characters in this show. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was one point, there's several points where it's just like, the voices fade into the background because there were our visual were focusing on uh, on him, like she uh, she is looking at him, like hiding behind the bush and stuff like that. But then it's not faded enough to where you don't hear what they're saying. So you hear what they're saying, and this and she's literally just rambling on and on and on and on, and none uh-huh. of the other people are talking to her. And it's like, what is, is she on drugs? Um, all the female characters, the book, right? All the female characters, including uh, I- including the main one, which uh, they all are written like they're mentally retarded. <laughs> I I mean, the writing for Annie. How on earth did she get stuck in that window? How right. on earth? She tries opening the window, and there's a basket, a very obviously easy-to-move basket in the way of opening this window that I could fit through very easily, and I'm t- probably twice her size. And mm-hmm. she is 
she's been locked in that room for 0.2 seconds and starts having a panic attack and then she gets stuck and then she gets stuck in a way where it's very obvious that they wanted to show a shot of her ass and just her panties <laughs> and i'm sitting here being like how stupid like this little girl comes up and just opens the window slightly more and she's able to get out um like the best female writing happens at the very end and and she's all she's doing is crying and screaming and running for her life and that's the best part of the female writing um, um no, I, I think the best part of the female writing comes when Lori is talking with the kids anytime she's talking okay with yeah the kids. i'll give you that yes I, i'll give you that she very much seemed like a person that was very in tune with being able to talk with children like she had been babysitting for quite some time yeah i didn't I, think about that I think that uh, it was so funny watching it because, like, like you said, the part where she just started talking about the books and she's like, you don't really need books. I mean, like, yeah, that's the part I was talking about. <laughs> like, you don't need books. Like, I just give I, I just have these books. I, I've never brought my books. And then she starts listing off like six different subjects. And I'm just like, <laughs> is this scene happening? I really I really I paused it for a moment. And I was like, what? Uh, what? Yeah, watching it, I I looked over at Alina. I'm like, the writer obviously didn't know what um, high school girls sounded like, like how they yeah. spoke. Like, oh, yeah, oh. yeah, and like there was also some really, really like more than on the nose and tongue in cheek, like fucking punch you in the face dialogue. Like there was a dialogue where it's like, fate never changes. Uh, dialogue is oh, what yeah. I wrote here in my notes, and I'm just like, okay, that's kind of that's interesting, but then something like that happened three or four more times throughout the movie. And I'm like, okay, you're trying to sow like destiny and fate, like theme and everything like that. But human beings don't talk like this. Yeah. <laughs> like I, like if I say something sh stupid like that, I'm doing it for a joke or for a bit or anything like that. And it's just, okay. But like, even then you look at me and say, what are you trying to get at? Like you're acting weird. But then these people are like, oh yes, the fate never changes. It does like, a, a two sentence like uh, Shakespearean soliloquy about life and death. And then they get back on with their normal high school, teenage life. Uh huh. But like high schoolers, a lot of like normal average talk and yeah. dialogue. It just doesn't happen like that. Mm -hmm. Also the bullying uh, of the, of the kid. I can't remember his name, but they were just, they just kept repeating. Oh yeah. Tommy. Boogeyman, boogeyman. And it's like, yeah, when I got bullied as a kid, that's exactly what happened to me. But, yeah, um, I mean, I don't think, I don't think, especially at, at least until like maybe the early two thousands is when they started uh, portraying actual school bullying, like in reality, mm -hmm. um, because that sort of stuff they want to do over the top, and they have done over the top to make you really feel for the person being bullied and really hate the the bully uh, the bullies themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just like. Yeah, I it, that was really that honestly it it was it was corny and kind of generic and everything like that. But I think that actually served its purpose in the sense of yeah, you hate the you hate those three kids that are bullying this kid, and you get a, a real sense of of the kid's demeanor and how he lives his life and everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, um. So I wanted to. Oh. I, I had some trivia about that scene that you guys were talking about where he's behind the bush. Uh-huh. And she's talking about the books. Yeah. That wasn't written. 
They were told oh, really? that their, their mics were going to be completely cut and there wouldn't be any sound there. So she was just ad-libbing that whole thing. Well, she did a bad job. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there, just... but, yeah, but like... Well, why would they put that in the movie? He didn't... They didn't cut the mic. Yeah, it was tied with the footage. It probably was tied with the footage, so they probably couldn't do anything with it. I think they could have taken it out, but (laughs) it may it like it may not have seemed that silly to them in editing. Who knows? They might have thought that this was a good idea. We'll just we'll just tone it down a little bit so that people aren't Um, listening to it. But no, some of the I I don't know. It's talking about the deaths themselves also uh, also fill under the writing uh, writing uh, category. So, you yeah. think so? Okay, so we talked about uh, the death of of the boyfriend when he was like he was choked out and stabbed through the body. His name and, Bob. Yes, let me pull up. I think his name's Bob. <laughs> Bab. Bab. Um. So yeah. Th- uh. Yeah, it is Bob. Bob. So the death of Bob, I thought was really cool because it's just like it showed, uh, like how how they wrote it and how they d- did it was just like okay, it showed it showed him like with true terror. It showed um how sh- it showed how strong Michael was. It showed how intense like his killing capability was, and then uh, them writing in like he hung there. I thought was really good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. Annie, when she gets killed in the car, now this might be a cinematography thing, but it made me laugh because I thought it was really badly done. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it didn't look like the knife actually even came in contact with her body. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Annie again just was like portrayed as like a frail female doll character, and. It blow like her and uh, uh her and a lot of the other female characters when they uh like when they were fighting back made it seem like there wasn't any like I understand he's supposed to be like superhuman strong and everything but like yeah. he he he's taken aback when he is like uh when he's stabbed in the eye and stabbed in the neck so when they're when they're bashing against his arm and everything it doesn't seem like they actually know, like when a fight or flight kicks in you're 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 breaking elbows you're breaking bones and everything and it just doesn't seem like they actually fought back well mm. and like if they were actually fighting as hard as they were flailing um and he just was that that inhuman monster that Michael Myers is supposed to be they would be breaking their own bones right that's true um, yeah. I'll give you. I'll give you that. It, my main thing is just like how some of them were written slash choreographed. Oh yeah. Just really, I I just don't know because like, I know like it, it's not like like none of none of this is coming uh, coming from its age. I'm not I'm not judging any of this because of the age yeah. of the movie. Um, there there have been good movies since the beginning of filming, obviously. <laughs> Um, and it's just, this definitely seemed like there wasn't like some double checking or like the, the writers didn't like, didn't know how to write that sort of stuff or they wrote that sort of stuff. And then when it came off the paper into reality, no one chose to rewrite or reshoot it. Yeah. Um, Um, I do, I do like, uh, 
the blonde, the blonde teenage girl uh, that sleeps with Bob, her death. Um, mostly because it's you're seeing Michael, but you're not seeing Linda. Michael. He's wearing that. Uh, yeah, Linda. He's wearing that. Oh, okay, yeah. That that, that, that is terrifying. Yeah, that that was pretty interesting. It was just like uh, him just standing there. It's like, okay, yeah, we know who he is, but she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Although, where did Michael get the tombstone? No, he stole it earlier in the movie. He did? Yeah, yeah, yeah Loomis sh- goes and sees it, man. Yeah. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, it was a short scene. He drove to the, the cemetery. He was with um, with the somebody. Sheriff. It was either... No, a, yeah, he was either with the sheriff or the guy who helped like run the cemetery uh, and everything. And they went to his sister's plot and his oh, sister's yeah. plot where it would have been uh, had the tombstone ripped out of it. Yep. Okay. I didn't catch that. Yeah, it was a really short scene, so. Um, all right, so since we talked about dialogue, uh, period, we don't really need to delve into. It was 80s. Late, late 70s, early 80s. It could yeah. fit in, in those it genres. that 70s, 80s. Yeah. yeah. Well. That, uh, that decade era shift. I think I think dialogue is a good streamline into acting and character. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did not like a lot of the acting, honestly. Um, yeah, it, it it was really tough for me too. Now, like, it, it, I cannot decipher what was bad writing in some cases for the women acting. versus bad acting. Now, it's just like yeah. when it came to uh, some of the freakout scenes, like at the very beginning, the nurse character who was freaking out because the hand reached in to grab her, and uh, the very end where uh, Lori. Uh, was just being attacked like they're them being like freaking out a lot of that i thought was pretty good but then yeah it's like okay here's the actor being genuine because they're they probably were only given the the direction okay act as if your life is actually in in danger right now like that probably was the only direction they were given and so they probably they that was the most genuine and the least scripted thing that they could do but yeah. when they when it came to acting natural, it was like it was so off and bad and yeah, like... yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis, like, um, th- there were especially a couple for phone call conversations where like she was talking and like the one where her friend went off and was, like and told her that she had asked the boy that she was liking out for her, and mm. she like. The way she delivered some of those lines would not be like in that sort of scenario, like a high school girl would kind of would freak out and be like, what? You didn't. What the hell? Like that kind of stuff where she's like, no, you didn't. Oh, come on. You're joking. And she delivered. And it was kind of a lot of flat delivery um, the whole time. Huh? Well, that's kind of the time period as well. Like a lot of movies like that. Like it's like, I oh, mean... come on. You didn't do that. You know? <sighs> I mean, you look at you look at certain things, and it's like that that year had um had a lot of in, very interesting things. And like if you look at the late seventies, I was I was looking at some of the stuff, and there were and like I don't think you can ba- blame the year. Um, uh, it's just like within that time period, you you have like uh, let me let me Superman just death on the nile we don't talk we don't talk about that super i spit on your grave greece yeah greece actually came out the same exact year 
Cheech and Chong up in smoke. These are all from 1978. <laughs> Cheech and Chong. That's funny. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. What? Um, there was like okay, but then like <laughs> let's look at like more dramatic like dramatic pieces. Like in the late 70s, the movie Patton came out. Um, there was a lot. Uh, there was uh, The Wiz came out in 1978. Yeah, there was. Like the original, uh, like not the original. What, the Planet of the Apes movies came out in this era. There was uh, a couple years. Uh, I think One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest came out really around this era as too. It's like there, there's good acting, and like like if you look at especially we like as stage actors and everything like that, we perform a lot of pieces that came from well before this era. Yeah, and yeah. if you look at it, there's characterization and everything in there too. I don't know what their direction was when it came to this and again it falls back to and this is just a horror trope that may have kind of started with uh kind of like really solidified with this movie Mm -hmm. um about like women having poor dialogue and being stupid within within horror movies like this which is a very which is a very unfortunate thing and so I kind of added to uh, added to it, and like, what? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, it, it it it's tough. Like the acting fell flat for me in a lot of areas. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um. I mean. Yeah. I, looking looking at other straight up horror and specifically slashers in this time. Yeah. Um. This was pretty much the best that you were going to get, but that's not saying a whole lot. Yeah, for some reason during this time, the horror and the flashers, and I, I, I don't know why it's so hard to get good actors for horror films. Is it because they're oh, low I mean, budget? Is it? Uh, like, yeah, what? they're generally low budget. Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis is genuinely a great actress. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I'm not. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it was just, I, I don't know. It was like they. They were low budget. They needed to be done within like a month. And and there were certain genres of uh, of uh, movies that were looked down upon. That's true. Slashers and is one of them. Uh, this movie is actually what brought slashers up more into the mainstream, so that people would want to watch them. Yeah, like at this point in time, like um, going again for the late seventies. Like uh, the first Star Wars movie came out about a year or so after this movie came out, and like nobody, including some of the actors in the movie, like Alec Guinness, thought the mo- like thought that genre was like really that good in any sort of way. <laughs> like they looked yeah. up down upon it, and it just, like they wanted to do more dramatic pieces, they wanted to do more serious pieces, even the ones that are like some people would consider somewhat silly now, like a lot of those westerns or the spaghetti westerns when all those italian actors came uh directors i mean came over to direct all those all those now i like iconic but if you look at them kind of silly westerns it's just Mm -hmm. like they 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 even put those at a higher tier and they would just be like either i'm going to come in and spend a couple weeks shooting and get paid and get out kind of thing with horror movies or i'm not going to do them yeah john John Carpenter specifically wanted to change that. 
Um, but he was still under pressure from studios to just shoot things as quickly as possible. Um, this basically had, I think they had like three weeks to film this entire movie. Well, um, it didn't seem like it, honestly, it didn't seem like it needed much more than that. There isn't a whole, there isn't a whole lot no. going on. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I see that. So just kind of interesting how, how like, cause I, I've noticed making films that like, I, that we sort of worry less about acting cause we have so many other things to worry about that. Like you kind of need like an acting coach there to make sure that the acting's like solid, you know? Yeah. Um, um yeah. And, or, and maybe the time constraints, I would also say probably made it so that they had to go with like the first or second shots of things. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and maybe that, like what we said before, like why, like why was this left in or why did they keep this scene? Maybe it's because they did that. And that was the only night they could have filmed in, in the abandoned house. Maybe that was the only yeah. night they could do it. Or maybe it, it was the only time, maybe it like, cause also like if they have that time constraint, if it rained one of those days, that would make it so that they probably couldn't film. Yeah, yeah that's true. All right. So, uh, should we talk about directing? Um, uh, yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it was fine. Like, I mean, I think the directing really shines when it comes to the uh, the cinematography and oh the yeah, definitely framing of everything. Um, because when you when you get down to it, like the movie, if you turned off sound and you weren't paying attention to, you know, the the voices, uh, this is a suspenseful movie, mm, and yes. you're gonna you're gonna feel that. Um, and I think that's where the directing really comes through. Is just it is shot suspenseful. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I thought the blocking was really natural. I mm. thought, um, like, I didn't notice anything super um, wrong with, like, the the shots and the blocking. Um, I, I think that uh, the directing was just solid. Well, and uh, another thing, and this might be a good segue into uh, set and location. Um, they only shot on one interior set for the houses. The interior of both houses is exactly the same. Oh, really? Yeah, they just moved furniture around. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. I didn't notice, so that, that means they did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. And um, well, I noticed because they didn't change the fireplace at all. They didn't even dress it differently. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that just shows that like certain things that uh, like stuff like that, if you change enough th- uh, like minor details, it won't won't be known. Yeah, I I think that's really really interesting, and that goes to show like shoestring budget, like just use the same house, just change things up a bit, you know. Um, oh yeah, definitely. It's just like and that also like that just shows some of the like skill of some of the people they probably had with them, and of his vision, where it just shows that like that simple change fooled me at least. Yeah. Well, and they shoot it completely differently in each house too when you're in when you're in uh the house that annie's babysitting at uh the the front door is always on the right of the screen yeah yeah when you're in the house that laurie's at it's always on the left of the screen yeah you're right Hmm. so interesting i was i was i was watching it and watching it 
and I had to rewatch it so that I could like actually pick those little details out because it mm. was bugging me the whole time I watched it the first time. Wow. That's cool. Um All right, so we were talking about we were talking about like framing and stuff. Uh and I I thought I thought the cinematography was pretty good. Um, yeah. I thought so too. I thought like the the he they had some really cool shots of like really suspenseful shots. Like I loved I loved every shot where you were seeing over his shoulder. Yeah, that that yeah. was those are my like where he gets into that uh that cop car or was it mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Loomis's car. Yeah, yeah when you get yeah, when he gets into Loomis's car and he's following her and you're not seeing it from his point of view, you're seeing it from a third person point of view in the back seat. And I thought that was really cool, really unique. Um making it seem like it's made it seem natural because obviously there was some there was a cameraman sitting in the back seat and they were going at the speed mm-hmm. of the car, the speed of her, and it made it made it really cool. I thought I honestly that was my favorite shot in the entire show. I, I think my favorite shot was um was when she was sitting in the classroom. Oh, um, she looks out the window and he's just and standing were, there. And yeah, that was that was <laughs> unnerving for me. I was like, yeah. What? Like that's crazy. That's so creepy. Yeah, that was a really good show. It's one of those scenarios. Like, uh, as a little side note for that, it's one of those scenarios where it's just like, is this happening? Kind of thing. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And then if you tell anybody, like she did tell her friends and everything, they're just like, "Now nah, you're being crazy." Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What I you turn around and it's like, oh, did he disappear? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, um, I thought. I thought. Uh, like I, I love those really long, creepy shots. I think I think that works a lot for suspense. So I thought they did a really good job. And lighting, yeah. I didn't have any lighting issues. Um, could see everything. No, and they they could have had lighting issues. I mean, they could have yeah. made everything way too dark. There was only one cut I had issue with, but it's not enough to say lighting was bad. No, they used the it was natural lighting. Like yeah. it was natural lighting of like okay, here's lamps and like other decor w- when they're in the house and then out- outside the house they just use daylight yeah, yeah. or giant soft boxes to simulate moonlight yeah oh yeah that yeah that that part was like it it, it felt still it still felt like nighttime it wasn't yeah. over it wasn't oversaturated it wasn't it wasn't so dark you couldn't tell what was happening like i i, I think with lighting like the very early scene where he's uh, Loomis is driving in the the storm to the insane asylum, yeah. um, and then the first thing you see is just like kind of a white humanoid esque like outline. Sh- uh, like outline. And at first I was like, "Oh, is he going to be in the middle of the road?" And then several appeared, and it was just like, "Oh no, it's just a bunch of the patients that were out outside." Yep. And it, it, that that I thought was a really really cool usage of lighting. Yeah. I thought so too. Um, cool. Uh, do we do we want to talk about special effects? Um, I thought I, I thought they were okay. Yeah, I mean there wasn't a whole lot of special effects really. I think yeah. I think the most obviously were just probably some usage of just usage of blood. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I honestly I can't think of really any other real special effects that all everything yeah. was just 
down to earth and and practical. I yeah. I thought I thought um like where she stabs him and the jugular. I thought that there there could have been more blood, but then again, he is a supernatural being. And then also yeah. like if it's from my understanding, and I could be one hundred percent wrong, when somebody is stabbed like that if it's a clean enough stab and it doesn't get moved or anything the blood's technically still like in like the hole is or is tight around the stab that's, that's why true. they that's why they say if you like if you get stabbed with a knife or a piece of glass or something like that don't pull it out because it's going to cause more blood to come out than if you just leave it in yep. yeah um, that's true it could have done with at least a little bit more, I think, but like yeah. it would, it wouldn't have been like stab. And then suddenly there's a, a, a volcano like, of blood coming out. <laughs> like evil dead levels of blood. Like evil dead or Tarantino films. It would, have, it would have been, it would have detracted from it. Yeah. yeah. Like too much blood detracts from. Yeah. I rather, I rather there be too little blood than there be too much blood. Sorry, yep. Josh. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> I, I thought the blood worked in Nightmare. Oh, well, oh. yeah, I mean, it's a nightmare. It was supposed to be. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. But Check I'm like, out Nightmare now on YouTube. I wish. Tin Horseman. That ain't coming out until the end of November, man. Oh, to check it, it out at the end of November on YouTube <laughs> for Tin Horseman. <laughs> um, all right. So I really want to talk about uh, sound and music. Okay. Um, Okay, there were some moments where I could barely hear what the people were saying. Yes, at the beginning, and that uh -huh. bugged me a lot. There's also, I I understand that the music is like iconic to this um to Halloween, uh, but I thought that the music detracted from the scariness. There was here's here's my thing. About that, I 100% agree with the voice thing. I think the very beginning of the film, where he's looking at his older sister, I think that provided like, okay, there's a wall and a window and everything. Mm -hmm. um, but there were a lot of times where it felt like they put the voice on a lower track than the rest of yeah. the audio, and yeah. like that is prevalent throughout a lot of movies throughout history. Like, uh, uh, Christopher Nolan is 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 currently famous Super for like all, for all of his movies for the past ten years are like who cares about the dialogue and it's like the people who want to know what the hell is going on they they care yeah, about yeah. the dialogue and so I agree with that um the the like obviously the iconic Halloween theme very good very simple but gets the job done but there were several points where it's just like okay you're doing this it's it's quiet there's no backing music or anything and they're doing their thing and then suddenly smacked right in your face is the music like the audio editor didn't do any fade ins there was just a lot of and some of it wasn't even necessarily because like oh here's here's michael uh some yeah. of it was just like well here's the music and it just suddenly starts and then i'm just like whoa holy crap and then it shows something scary and i'm like okay yeah there, there was some audio, like to me, the audio was wasn't very, very well like put together and edited. And adding the music afterwards compared to like the voice, like you can uh, like you, with what I know uh, about audio mixing and everything like that, it's just like it doesn't seem that hard to me to 
have run through and fixed these problems because I understand they may have had a short time to film it, mm -hmm. but like they still had an uh, an editing process. They still had pro a, a team working on this, and they pr almost yeah. certainly had previews of it with at least John Carpenter and maybe some uh, executives of the of the show watching this movie ahead of time and i just i don't know how well it translates in theaters but me here sit listening with like i have hd headphones on and it was it was tough at times with the voices and with the sudden slam just juxtaposition of the music yeah it, it i i just feel like um it would have been more tense if the music was played less I, I think I think that like yeah could... it's iconic but they had like three tracks for the whole movie and ninety yeah. percent of it was was the theme played over and over again and again yeah. low budget that sometimes it does mean like that because I'm I'm assuming that like he he probably got someone and they made that real quick on the like probably shortly before shooting or it may have even happened after shooting like since music doesn't they don't need the theme song in order to shoot the film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, I think that like, cause there was one moment where, where like the music would start and we didn't even see anything, yeah. and then we would see the scary thing and we're like, okay, well that the music kind of we were all yeah the music prepared us for it yeah, um yeah. yeah so I think that was a major blemish of the entire movie in fact like I I take audio issues uh. Like significant, both in film and in live theater, and I understand audio is a beast that should be shot and killed somewhere in the fucking field, but um, it yeah. it's a necessary beast um, that yeah. you never know what's going to go, what's going to happen. Yeah, I agree. All right, so I think we've talked about everything except for hair, makeup, and costumes. Um, yeah, I think, um, like, I think all the costumes for the, for the citizens and everything was, was, it, it, it wasn't at the time, it wasn't a period piece. They just probably, they just got what was there, yeah, what was, was modern, modern for the time. It's, uh, like, so their outfits didn't necessarily stand out. They weren't like, uh, it, I know some some movies and some pieces are, are like they make the the main characters more colorful and it's like ah here's the yeah. main characters but but very much like that no they they blended in with their fellow peers in, in the classroom you saw an array of different just regular outfits that was for yeah. the late 70s and you can also look that like some of that fashion was obviously slightly transitioning into early 80s fashion as well mm -hmm. yeah. for sure well and Lori's in like light gray and blue the whole movie yeah she she's very reserved like yeah. obviously and like what little backstory you do get of her is it seems like like a she she's just a reserved person in in general yeah. combination probably because of her parents and just because some things just don't interest her and that and that shows in her in, in some of her uh, in her costuming mm -hmm. well and like her hair and and the makeup very yeah, minimalistic yeah. on everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think well, like like we keep saying, the whole movie itself was minimalistic, and it's just like <laughs> I, I think the person with the most makeup was her uh... Linda. Yeah, was yeah, Linda, yeah. and that's just because that fits her character. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say though, like 
Uh, most of the gore makeup was fine, except for at the very beginning. Um, it it looked kind of silly to me. Like he stabs his sister over and over, and then we like see a glimpse of her on the ground, and it just was like fake blood on her boot. It, and yeah. I was like, and so, I, I yeah, you're right. I I, <laughs> I I turned over to Alina and I was like, "Wow, I love ketchup on my titties." <laughs> and, Maybe. And, and that's what it looked like. I was like, "Good, good stuff." <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think I think the the gore makeup was hit or miss. Yeah. Um, very much just a product of the the timetable and yeah. the budget. There's a lot of factors. Although yeah. I did notice when Michael's mask came off that his eye was was um messed yeah. up. The the okay. very brief glimpse that we get of his actual face, I th- it was just like, okay, I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I, I speaking agree. of costumes and, and makeup and everything. Do you guys know what the Michael Myers mask actually is? What is it? No. It's a William Shatner mask painted white. Oh, part of me thinks I've heard that before, but yeah, that's funny. It was so originally they got the idea to use a William Shatner mask because John Carpenter saw one turned inside out. And he was like, oh, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> and uh, so they, they bought it. Rubber, rubber masks like that have always just like been like not Super human. Freaky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That's so. That's so like I just looked it up. Do you think then, William Shatner knew immediately, or it took him years to find out? Uh I I think it took him a while to find out. I know he hates it. He hates <laughs> well, that fact. Whatever. Have you guys Stick seen the me. meme where it's like uh, the Halloween mask looks like Mariah Carey a little bit? Oh my god! Yeah. I think that's just kind of rude. That's a, that's rude, but yeah, I've seen it. It it's, is rude. And it's, it makes me laugh. It's still. I'm sorry. Oh gosh. It's 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 pretty rude though. But yeah, you know the internet is ruthless. Yeah. Okay. So was um. I think we've covered everything. Yeah. Do we have any? Do so, we yeah. have any like final thoughts um or anything? I I think I do. Um. With our discussion. Especially now knowing that this was like a, a very short filming, so I, I became more forgiving uh, on some stuff. Um, I I don't know to me because this was really fresh to me. Um, I have no idea if I have watched the actual full movie uh, before this point. I either watched it when really? I was so young, I don't remember it, but it wouldn't make sense that my parents would let me watch it when I was that young. So I don't think mm-hmm. so. Um, this, this movie, it does show, it shows a lot of things that it always is, is always interesting when, when I go back and, and look, cause like I also quite recently, I rewatched after probably 10 years, um, the shining and stuff like that. And movies like this, where you look at the genre and the genre, so many things are now in reference to this. Yeah. Um, it, I think that lowers the impact for me because it almost gives me a sense of, of detachment where it's just like, okay, this is predictable. This is this, but it's predictable because everybody 
is copying tropes from this movie. Everybody is trying to, to have the impact of this movie. And I wish I was, I wish I could go back to 78 right now. I wish I could go to, there's a lot of movies like that, but like, I wish I could go back to 1978 and go into this movie and like, maybe have only heard about it through the previews and maybe through Mm -hmm. word of mouth because there was obviously no internet. And even if you read a review, if they were reviewed horror movies, um, you would walk back and walk into this movie and be like, what on earth? What the hell? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, like, and like there's, there's one major jump scare in the movie. Um, and it's when Luma or no, it's when Lori's going to put the key under the mat at the old Myers house. And it's shot from like the staircase inside the house. Yes. And you just see Michael pop into frame. Yeah. Uh, I forgot that that was there. And, and this is a movie that I have loved my whole life. But yeah, I haven't yeah. watched it in 10 years. Um, and I completely <laughs> forgot that that was there. And so I'm like watching and I'm just kind of vibing and enjoying yeah. it. And then all of a sudden, fucking Michael's out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> and the hell out of also, me. also like having an audience full of people that are, is just like also has a, diff- a far different impact on the energy of yourself as well, too. Yeah. Um, being in theaters when the entire theater are probably people who – not probably like 99% of them haven't seen the movie before. And that 1% maybe can't, maybe, maybe have seen it once before. And they, and they, and they brought some of their friends or a date on, uh, to watch this one hell of a date movie. Am I right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) it, uh, and like, uh, like to me, like the only modern thing I can think of for me personally is when I opening weekend of the first Avengers movie, um, and the theater was packed and the energy and the reaction of it was like hell yeah and then sometime later when i rewatched the movie um obviously i didn't have that same impact i i i still could remember it and it could ride off that high in the in a sense um mm-hmm. but like to be in 1978 in that movie theater w- would have been something probably would have been a treat we probably don't even experience in movie theaters nowadays to be perfectly yeah. honest um previews uh youtube all these different yeah. things are so spoiler filled even without trying to be like you're just if you see a preview yeah. for a movie chances are you've seen yeah and, even, and, and like some companies are pretty good with showing you a preview of a movie and like uh like th- throwing you uh, uh throwing you a bone that that you that they want you to purposely misinterpret it and so that when you get into the movie and see what the actual context is it's like oh well that's not what i thought this was going to be yeah but like there's some where it's like here's a three minute long preview where i'm like here's every single like for our previous show vivarium i knew every single plot beat except for maybe the last two plot beats yeah. uh, but yeah. then because you knew the entire story after watching the preview, you could fill in the blanks. And, yep. um, and so in a sense, in a sense, like I, 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 I kind of almost wish I could have experienced that in a sense where even, even up until the late, like nineties, um, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. But then once the early two thousands, then mid two thousands and YouTube, um, social media, and everything kicked in. Now, now we live in a world where it's just like you can't click on a link for a movie 
with uh or anything oh. and get an only like a 30 second preview anymore sometimes yeah. you click on a link and then it's like well here's a bunch of people with comments spoiler comments and all this stuff yeah. and yeah that's what kind of my final thoughts on that where it's like i think i would appreciate this movie along with a lot of other movies more if not so if if obviously it didn't define start the definition of the genre now 42 years ago jesus um <laughs> like 42 years ago this started a genre it didn't just start a series of movies it started like it jump-started the slasher genre and got and, us back and, to and horror, horror genre like yeah like because really before that like there wasn't a whole lot of defining horror there may have been like some monster movies yeah. um there may so, obvious obviously there's psycho like you can say psycho yeah. but I, uh, but like psycho was in its own realm and psycho itself was was a defining moment in movie history as yeah. well uh psycho is the first slasher movie yeah that's why it's so defining it yeah. also is the first movie to show a to uh, flushing toilet which makes me laugh yeah <laughs> yeah all right, well, so shoot, we should probably wrap this up. Yes. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll start the grading. I, I'd say with its Just time, as a note, just as a note, uh, we're doing a different grading system, correct? Right, Zach? Yes, yes, we are. So yeah, we're just... Yeah. This is still experimental, so anyone listening out there, please bear with us. Um, next time I'm going to I just flip a coin whether or not I like it. Um, <laughs> so, basically, <laughs> in case uh, you probably noticed this, uh, in Vibarium we graded each thing, but we decided that it took too much time, and so we just decided to grade it at the end with a uh, letter grade. So, I'll start off with the grading. I would give it uh, with the time and and with um everything into consideration i would probably give it a b minus for me just because acting and story is so important to me that like if if the acting's not good it's it's never going to make an a but i can appreciate the the defining features of this movie and the um and the iconicness is that a word um yeah. Uh, oh, it is. I don't think I don't think iconicness is, but yeah. Nope, it's a word now. We we just <laughs> we just coined it right I now. Appreciate the art and the work that was put into this movie, so I'd give it a B minus. All right, Chris, you want to go? Yeah. So, um, if you if we had done this podcast right after I'd watched the movie, I would have torn it asunder but i had time a little bit of time to to think about it and after discussing it i think i'm going to fall under with zach with a b minus um the main hangups i have obviously is the issues with sound and and the issues with the writing um it there was just there was just too many issues like too many big splotches and blemishes uh in my eyes that uh shouldn't exist at any time and so yeah. i'm not uh, yeah yeah no um so i'm not i'm not giving it a b minus like you guys uh but okay. i am i am very um in depth into the horror genre and the the fact that this movie is an iconoclast um i i am 100% coming into this i was thinking oh i'm going to give it an a plus i love this movie uh, i rated it 100 percent over over the top absolutely love it uh but you guys pointed out some really valid things here 
um, like the sound being a little off, like some of the acting falling pretty flat. Um, so I'm I'm just gonna give it an A minus. Okay. Okay. Average. So probably yeah, yeah, about yeah, a B. B. I think this movie definitely, especially especially if you do like or even somewhat enjoy the horror slash um or slasher genre, this movie definitely deserves at least one watch. I I, I will yeah. I will say that. Everybody yep. out there should see this movie at least once. Yeah, and, and it it shows yeah, a lot of things. To our podcast. And what? Yeah. <laughs> I said you should see it and listen to our podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then we're going to do uh, a 10-minute recreation of it where I play all the female characters. <laughs> oh, God, I can't wait. Can I be Michael? Or no, I want to be Bob. Yeah, I'll Zach be- is Michael because we can't be showing Zach's face. Like, that, no, we've already shown it too fucking much. <laughs> Josh, you'll be all the other characters. Zach will be Michael, and I'll be all the female characters. I got it. I uh, Jonah, Jonah will be the boy. Oh, Jonah okay. will be Tommy. Okay, yeah. yeah. Jonah will be the boy, yeah. Okay. And the boys as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, you guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for thanks for supporting us. Uh, we love all the support we can get yes. at this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> subscribe to our YouTube channel and our Instagram, Fortin Horseman, and spread the word. Yeah, we are at 410 Horsemen on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And if you haven't seen Killing for a Penny yet, go watch that, as well as look out for three horror shorts. Uh, well, one is one is a Halloween-themed, uh, but look out for three horror shorts that we made um, in November. So, yep. yeah, look out for that. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. It's been it's been good. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Guys. Yep. Have fun. Be kind.